What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Posbon, and you are listening to part two of episode 18 of VGM Generations. With me, as always, is Aaron Blaucha. whoop a dubba dubba that true? <laughs> and Norm Guerra. And in this series of episodes, we are talking about RPGs, and it's Norm's turn to go first. What do you have for us today, Norm? I'm going to be talking about a game called Vagrant Story. It came out in 2000 from Square. Uh, So it's an RPG to me. Uh, The the genre is a bit bent. It's a mix of many different types, but it it does have the RPG elements. You know, you, you develop a character, you have stats, you have complex in very complex inventory system and it's hugely story driven anyway this is one of my all-time favorite games uh it came it was for the playstation um and it came out during uh i don't know what they called it square had this summer of fun where they released i think four or five rpgs and back then wow how do you do four or five rpgs in a year rpgs were very they were scarce up until this point you weren't getting a lot you would get maybe one big hit a year and then they decided this one one summer just to release a whole slew of rpgs and this was one of them and i mean this was awesome for me because uh yeah i love i love rpgs well playstation became like the hot rpg system right because of final fantasy 7 essentially like that i remember when final fantasy 7 came out and it was like there were promotions for it. Like you'd buy a crate of Pepsi or whatever, and there would be like pictures of cloud on it. And really? I'm like, this is weird for a video game. Yeah. You never see this level of cross promotion. So it was, it was a big deal. Yeah. And so I mentioned it's, it's hugely story driven. It was kind of, uh, to me anyway, it was, it was almost a next step in, uh, in translations of games. Um, up into this point, I don't know if you've, if you've played any of the early RPGs, the, um, <laughs> Some of the I, translations are pretty goofy. Can I um, say Spoonie Bard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spoonie <laughs> yeah. Bard. What's Spoonie Bard? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is like any earlier, like Norm said, any earlier RPG basically had these rushed, simple, off translations that sometimes didn't make any sense. And there was like an insult in one of the Final Fantasies. I can't remember which one, but somebody calls somebody else a Spoonie Bard. Yeah. Yeah. It's Final Fantasy Four. One of the, this guy's attacking a bard because he ran away with his daughter and he calls him a spoony bard and <laughs> and hits him with his staff. And he's a really weak wizard, so he doesn't really do much. But it's spoony. like this little domestic <laughs> dispute cutscene. It, yeah. it, it's just classic. You spoony bard. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say that like talking about uh, JRPG translations is that last week I was talking about uh, Chrono Trigger and that the like it it got a complete retranslation with the DS version because you know it had it, it was plagued even from those even a big game like that was plagued with sort of like translation problems in its original incarnation so in later re-release it got fixed up so right. retranslated it, yeah and I, I mean i have a soft spot for those original translations <laughs> oh yeah so for me yeah it's that classic english that we all oh yeah know and and love, i love right? it i just got to get into a tan- tangent about the spoonie bard cuts <laughs> um <laughs> it goes on and at one point one of the characters tells the other so the bard i think tries to defend himself and the wizard tells him to shut up and hits him again but I was I was so into RPGs at the time. I was at a friend's house and they were playing it, and I was basically reciting the conversation. You were doing voices, yeah. yeah. And my friend's mom was vacuuming behind us at the time, and she just came up behind us just at the shut up part, and she was singing. And I went, "Shut up!" And she like, and I like <laughs> skulked away, and I was like, "Oh shit!" But I just told her to shut up. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> you are not allowed in this house anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> your friend Norm. 
He's not welcome here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. So I was just so into it. I was just completely <laughs> unaware of my surroundings. That is a big, uh, big sidetrack. <laughs> anyway, Vagrant Story did a really, really good translation. They kind of opted for a Shakespearean tone. They pulled it off really well. Um, so the it was produced and written by Yasumi Matsuno and composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. And this is like, I consider this the dream team of um, producer and composer. Uh, they did the Ogre, so Tactics Ogre and Ogre Battle series were some of their, their earlier works. And then Final Fantasy Tactics, which is one of my favorite games of all time. And I got a lot of, I've got like, you know, 100 ga- favorite games of all time. So that- <laughs> we'll have to talk about Final <laughs> Fantasy Tactics at some future yeah, point. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big one for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, yeah so uh, the translation just took a took a huge leap. So Final Fantasy Tactics had, it, like, Final Fantasy Tactics was their game before this game, and it, it's notorious for just its terrible translation. Like, you would summon, you would summon the... A summon monster to to attack the enemy, and I've got one of the quotes written written down here. It's like, "Bear down with land energy, Titan," <laughs> and it just makes Titan? no sense. Like, yeah, you're summoning Titan uh, to like make an earthquake, but like, do you bear down with land energy? Can, yeah, bear down with land energy, please. Yeah, just get it over with. Come on, Titan. <laughs> I just the the intro scene to Vagrant Story is so you play as Ashley Riot. He's like this secret operative sent to investigate this. Well, it's it's pretty sprawling. It's like a supernatural, uh, essentially, city that you got to go and explore. There's some political intrigue, and I'm not going to get into that, but you kind of, one of your cooperatives is waiting on site for you to arrive, and you kind of, you walk in the background, and she tries to introduce herself to you, and Ashley kind of walks past her, and just, you know, he's like focused on the mission, and he's looking surveying the scene and he's like well let's go and he starts moving and she she's like it's too dangerous we need to wait for reinforcements and he's kind of looks over his shoulder reinforcements and he starts walking towards i am the reinforcements and then the music like goes into this <laughs> massive crescendo and it i just am the reinforcements hits you like <laughs> it's you like a lomac truck man i'm getting goosebumps here yeah no that's awesome it's, well, it's, it's funny it's like maybe even vagrant story the title maybe that was just a bad translation of the original title of the game which was hobo quest hobo yeah exa- yeah you're like this vagrant operative anyway yeah. the <laughs> hobo quest hobo quest <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. And it, it's <laughs> this game was it was hit or miss with a lot of people. Uh it, there's a ton of inventory mag- management. There's tons of different weapon types and some of them don't work at all on the enemies and a lot of people didn't like the combat system, but it's if you like it, you really like it and it's totally worth playing. Um anyway, to the music, Hitoshi Sakamoto Sakimoto, he's he's scored a lot of these uh, square games. Um, he's very distinct uh, orchestral style. Almost all of his stuff is very, very much orchestral. So, but you know, with the PlayStation, he used the he used um, it's like MIDI samples, right? Mm. So, not live recordings, but uh, um, his stuff really hard to um, remix properly properly remix effectively mm-hmm. so his stuff kind of stands alone on its own i haven't heard i mean i've tried and i haven't heard any 
satisfactory remixes of his stuff. <laughs> so if you know of any, I'd love to hear them. But uh, I just his original stuff is just so good to me. Um, uh, thing about Vagrant, can we just play the whole soundtrack? It's only, <laughs> it's only about three hours long. And we should because you know, that, might, that might be pushing it. But <laughs> because you're going first, you get a, a beginning and end of the podcast pick. So okay. we'll get a little more extra. Awesome. And, and I got to say, like, we should play it all because we don't feature a lot of uh, PS1 games. So, you know, we got we yeah, to show it a bit of love. This is unique. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And the other unique thing about this is he, he scored it very much like a movie. So there's very little repeti- repetition aside from the, the late motif, right? The recurring themes in the game. Um, all the bosses kind of had their own theme song when you fought them so there was you know your minotaur your your headless horseman and your iron gotta have the iron crab right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's classic iron so crab. The, the tune i i chose was again battle music uh this is the track called ifrit it's when you fight this fire demon ifrit uh yeah it's the ifrit battle from vagrant story let's have a listen
Sakimoto loves his harps too. I think that's part of the reason a lot of his stuff can't be remixed because he just does these crazy like harp runs. You'll hear him in this song. But uh, yeah, it's hard to remix a harp. Yeah. That's a yeah. challenge. That's a challenge, yeah, listeners. That Please challenge. remix harp music. <laughs> uh, my, my brother and I both love this game. That summer it came out, we... Funny story about the summer it came out is I, I got a job, you know, it was my break from university. I got a job as a cook in a camp, literally in the middle of nowhere. Like I had to making take flapjacks, basically <laughs> making coffee for construction crews, you know, cooking dinner. Um, oh, but, when you said camp, I thought you meant like kids summer camp. Uh, I was like, really? No, I did. I did work at a kid's <laughs> I, I thought like camp. lumberjack camp. <laughs> no, this was like it was a camp at like a hydroelectric dam spillway. Oh, okay. Like a, so work, it was a like, work camp. Yeah, it was a work camp like heavy, heavy construction kind of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, um, so my brother, I bought this game twice because I had a PS1 at home where my brother was playing it. And then I found out I had this job for two months in a camp. And well, I was like, what the heck am I going to do? Is there a TV? It was my first, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't first know. question. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to be doing this, but it was kind of, you'd cook the meals, you'd get up, you'd make coffee, you'd cook the meals, they'd all go out to work and you'd prepare lunch. They'd come in for lunch, you'd feed them lunch, and then you'd have dinner on the table. And as long as you had all that, then... Your time was your, your own? Your time was your own. What am I going to do with this time? I'm actually in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's hungry bears everywhere, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't go outside. That was my excuse anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> It's too dangerous out there. Yeah. Plus, we have all this hydroelectricity, so what am I going to do? So I get electrocuted. <laughs> we're eating by a bear. Yeah, and no internet. So it was oh, like, wow. so uh, where, know, where was it like way up Northern BC or something? Yeah, it was in Northern BC. Okay. Just, um, some, some damned up river, some damned up lake. Um, and anyway, I, uh, so I brought vagrant story in with me. I, I bought two copies, one left one with my brother and then brought one out with myself. And we kind of just played this in tandem. So you had an extra PlayStation as well. I bought uh, another PlayStation. For oh, this. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Some, so, there's something all special. that summer money. <laughs> yeah, there's something special about those games that you sort of take with you on the road. Like I remember, yeah. anytime I've like actually taken a system and played it on vacation at my grandma's, visiting my brother when he was in college. Like those, I remember playing those games. The memories really are strongly. somehow stronger. Yeah, like, yeah Majora's Mask when I was in university. Anytime you like are playing out of your regular norms, but you're playing yeah. like you're playing your console somewhere else. Yeah, so special. Yeah, it is. It is very special game to me so um the thing about the uh yeah and then when i got back in the summer my brother and i had both had both really loved this game and we'd be you know we'd play games until our parents would kick us outside to do work like move soil around the yard or dig a ditch for no reason other than they didn't like us sitting in the basement playing <laughs> games all day had a lot of ditches but we'd be out there working and we'd just <laughs> i just like, imagine norm's backyard is just pure di- like one long yeah. continuous oh ditch. yeah but, yeah <laughs> uh, so we just like quote video games the whole time while yeah working. yeah yeah and, like one of the things about vagrant story is it had a very like i said it's this supernatural city that kind of has a consciousness of its own and kind of messes with you as you go and you'd hear like you'd be in the dungeons and you'd hear like the sounds of dogs getting kicked in the background and people screaming from torture chambers or whatever so you'd have me and my brother in our backyard like going <laughs> like trying to emulate this. <laughs> it's just what did the neighbors there's think? some free voice know. acting for you listeners. if you're, if you're yeah. making a game and you need some sounds there well, you the, the joke was because the the prisoner screamed that 
different. They just it was one sample, but they played it at different pitches. So yeah, it was like. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> you can you can cut this out if you. No, want. no, that, no that, <laughs> that's absolutely that's, all gold. that's gold. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's podcasting gold right there. But, so. <laughs> anyway, the uh, game's really close close to my heart as far as games go. So vagrant story. <laughs> uh, <reinforcement>. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, Aaron, what do you have for us this week? What do I have? I have a game that I have previously featured on the podcast. Um, and this is a little different than my last one. I picked a JRPG for my first one. And uh, this one, it's an action RPG. And uh, one that's fairly popular, still an ongoing series that gets weird installments from time to time. <laughs> weirder and weirder. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking about uh, Kingdom Hearts. So Super popular. Super popular. Love Kingdom Hearts. How yeah. could you go wrong? It's a mashup of... Disney characters and Final Fantasy characters for some odd reason. And people love that. It's, it works. Well, it's, yeah. again, it's an, a, a game for Aaron Blaucher. It absolutely is, yeah. which, which makes it even weirder that I played the first Kingdom Hearts twice. Okay. Start to finish, beat it. Love it. Long game. Oh, yeah, it is a long game. And um, Kingdom Hearts 2, I own. I never actually beat it. And uh, I kind of stopped playing it. I don't know why I fell out of it. And really? there's so many I think, games. I think a lot of people like two even better. Yeah. Well, you know what actually bothered me about two is the introduction of, introduction of live action worlds because they mm. actually introduced Tron yeah. as a world. Yes. And I, I know everybody hates that world. And <laughs> also later they introduced Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. into that world. And I, I can't get behind that. I yeah. don't like the live well, action stuff. Apparently, I've never played, but I just listened to a really long podcast actually on Kingdom Hearts and they were talking about how it just was weird. It just didn't uh, look right. It didn't look and right. And having like Johnny Depp in there was just odd. It, so, and the thing is, it's not, since it's not live action Johnny Depp, it's yeah. CG version of Johnny Depp, yep. but it's still trying to be like realistic in the real world and it doesn't work. Yeah, that was my question. Is it is it live live action? No. Or, yeah, okay. And that, that, that kills me. Actually, I mean, they've just released some stuff for an upcoming uh, Kingdom Hearts game, and they actually show, um, it, they have Pixar worlds now, too. So they were showing, Which like, Sora and Donald and Goofy yep. uh, fighting in Toy Story World, basically in Andy's bedroom, and, like, Woody and Buzz are there. Yeah. So it, it looks really good. Just to go yeah, on I another day. Sorry, go Sorry, ahead. I wanted to ask Aaron what he thought of the Toy Story world, if that was well used or not. It looks good. It's it enticing. It looks amazing. But the thing about Kingdom Hearts is after that whole live action stuff, and there's a lot of like like Birth by Sleep and Chain of Memories and all these like weird side stories. And once it got into was like... Was it the 365 over 2 or something? Yeah. And yeah. once it got into all these things, like like I understood the first game. It's basically like there's these heartless, they're taking over the world, they're stealing people's, you know, hearts or souls or happiness or whatever. And you've got to go and you've got to save these worlds. And the story was a little weird and convoluted, but it made sense. I got it. Mostly. And beyond that, they started getting to this like weird, they started getting more on the Final Fantasy side. They had these weird like secret underground organizations and they had like the heartless version of Sora, the main character. So they got like, I can't even remember his name, but they, they basically went into like such nonsensical narrative territory that I can't keep up with this series anymore. Like I, I got to send I lost you this. Interest in I got to send you this podcast because one of the things is um, one of the people on the podcast, they ask her to do a summary of the story of kingdom hearts and it takes her 10 minutes, but it is the most bonkers, but it, she makes it make sense because she tells it chronologically and <laughs> the games, her, the games are not chronological yeah. and she tells it chronologically. And I was like, Damn, that's a good story. Well, like I was listening to it in the grocery store and I like I like stopped buying things and I was I just I realized I was just like walking <laughs> up and down aisles because I was like so enthralled in this story. So well, it's very good. 
I want to get back into Kingdom Hearts, and I yeah. played a little bit of the. This would uh, be the perfect like pretty yeah. thing to do. I played a little bit of what uh, the Game Boy Advance one. It was like Chain of Memories or whatever, mm-hmm. which was weird because it had all card based combat. Yes, it took away like the action combat. Yeah, and it, it was got like card based, and I've never been able to really get into the card based style like fighting systems and RPGs. There are a yeah, few yeah, games yeah. that that do that, and I never really found it to be as enthralling. But one day I'd like to go back, and I know there's been re releases. Like there's actually been like. Uh, re-releases of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 on on like the PS3 and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't know. I, I need to look into it because there's been so many versions and remixes and re-releases and side stories that I I lost track and I want to get back into it, but I want it to make sense. It's like me trying to make sense of like the Metal Gear series. It's like I'll play one game and then I'll just read the Wikipedia article and yeah. hopefully that'll make sense to me. Did you hear, to continue on this tangent, did you hear about the... Um, the when Metal Gear Solid Four came out, I believe on the PS3, they had to they built a separate companion app for that game for anyone who was jumping in for the first time, and basically it was amazing because what it did was it told the story sans any spoilers, and then as you progressed in the game, it would see where you were in your save, and then release more story information. Yeah, and that's clever, yeah, like that's how convoluted that yeah. story was. But they knew it was convoluted, and they were like. Here you go. Well, and I thought that was one of the greatest uh, things ever. And it sounds like Kingdom Hearts needs a similar. Oh, totally. App. Also on a tangent of like games that started simple and made a lot of sense and then got into like nonsense territory. Yeah. I just want to bring up Resident Evil in that category. <laughs> yeah. Because like the first game, it's like hunting zombies in a mansion and there's an underground lab and there's like this big conspiracy. But that game just got like more and more bonkers and crazier and nonsensical with superhuman powers yeah. as you went. And it's a it's a bit of off the rails. Yeah. It, it is a thing that I think, I think, I don't know if this is right to say, but it feels like Japanese games are more often um, victims of that, of, yeah. of having just what, convoluted. Starting normal and going crazy? Or, but just having like convoluted, yeah. insane stories that like yeah. only the person who wrote the story actually knows what's going on. Yeah. No one else can follow. And I admit, I was drawn into the Kingdom Hearts thing be- because of the Disney element, not because of the yeah. uh, not because of the Square element, because this game was also developed by Square, so the hence, hence the Final Fantasy implementation, and mm-hmm. it pulls characters from across the Final Fantasy universe into this world, and characters from across the Disney universe into this world. So, and I, I admit, I came to it, I came for the Disney, and I, I like the story, and it's just it was fun to explore these worlds. They have recreations of like um, Halloween Town from Nightmare Before Christmas. You've got like. Ariel's Undersea Grotto, the castle from Beauty and the Beast. Hercules. Agrabah, Hercules, they had like this uh, this arena where you would go and you would fight things. you fight like uh, Cerebus, Cerebus, the three-headed dog. Cerberus, yeah. Cerberus. And you would fight Sephiroth from, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, no, that's I'll, a big one. Yeah. <laughs> Norm rolled his eyes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of who he is and all the baggage that comes with him. Like I'm just because tired. everybody loves him, eh? I'm tired of his you, theme. I I just don't I don't like how his sword is like ten times as long as his sword and his hair and his <laughs> armor and yeah how everyone dresses. I sorry. Well, we've I'm, had this conversation <laughs> I'm an before. Old cranky guy. I think because of I think Dark Souls, we've had this conversation before. How I don't like like oversized, impossible swords. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy with like the regular sized sword where everyone is carrying like something that's three times as as long as they are and like impossibly heavy. <laughs> I love I love. Uh, I love on the shows like there's YouTube shows where like they try and make all these swords from like games and movies and stuff when they go to make like cloud swords or Sephiroth sword and it's just like impossible like no one can even pick it up because yeah. it weighs like <laughs> yeah. 
300 pounds and it's got this tiny little handle attached to it. It's just like breaks. Cosplayers and they have to basically have like styrofoam versions. Yeah, it's the it, only way they can carry it around. Well, and that's always the way it is, yeah. right? But yeah. But uh, the track I picked from Kingdom Hearts is um, the title theme. It's the title theme in the game and was also featured prominently in the trailer for the game as well. So this was my first introduction to the music in Kingdom Hearts because I was anticipating this game before it came out. And then watching the trailer and listening to this music and seeing like how they implemented it, I was blown away and I had to play this. And the trailer music and the theme music is um, sort of an orchestral um, arrangement of the song from the game called Simple and Clean. And it was sort of, uh, I don't have the, uh, the, like this, the singer for, for Simple and Clean. The, the composer for the game was Yoko uh, Shimomura. And uh, I do, there was actually a famous Japanese like, J-pop artist who did a song for the game called Simple and Clean. And there's several arrangements. There's like this Planet B J-pop remix, which is a little, <laughs> and then there's like the more straight up version of the song, like the main version. And then there's this one, which the theme song is the orchestral arrangement. So it was what really drew me into the game. And also looking at the game, one thing I have to say that is great about Kingdom Hearts is that the original game came out on the PS2. And the PS2 is, is by today's standards, obviously, you know, graphical powerhouse. Yeah. And you see a lot of games that are, are muddy with low-res textures and sort of blocky don't figures. Don't age well. They don't age well. But the art design in Kingdom Hearts was so well done. And kudos to the good people at like Disney Interactive and Square who put this together. But the art style holds this game together. And I think it holds up even today just because it's so well done and so cohesive. So. Yeah. And I have to mention like the trailer for the new one. It's we're finally at the point where like a game can look like a Pixar movie, like mm. Buzz and Woody look like Buzz and Woody from the movie. And it was like blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, and, and which is great. And it's not even like just cutscenes anymore, because even the original Kingdom Hearts had beautiful CG cutscenes like the the cutscene that uh, I just talked about the song Simple and Clean when it appears in the game, it appears at the beginning of the game as like an introduction to the game. And it has a fully rendered um, CG cut cutscene that goes with it and it's beautifully done and just fantastic looks great and the funny thing is is that now the gameplay looks as good as that cg cutscene did on the original playstation 2 so it's it's amazing how far we've come with that sort of absolutely yeah so without further ado this is the uh title theme the orchestral title theme from kingdom hearts
Uh, it's in the trailer. Oh, and they do play it frequently at Video Games Live as yep. well. So this is a very popular piece of music. And, and you know what? And the thing about it too is you listen to it, and if you're familiar with like Disney music, it has a very Disney quality to yeah, it. Yeah, I would say it, it It strikes me, like if I had, hadn't seen it at Video Games Live and knew where it was from, the first time I heard it, even that like opening little, yeah. uh, the uh, what's it called? The chimes? Yeah. As soon as you hear that chime, yeah. you're like, is this a Disney song? <laughs> yeah. And it's a very soaring piece of music. Yes, too. absolutely. Yeah. Like, and 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 I like I like all the versions of the song Simple and Clean, but this one, this one has the more the emotional emotional reaction where I hear this and it just reminds me of like it gives me those feels for the game. So I actually go back to that place and and remember the good times that I had while playing uh, there you go. Kingdom Hearts. So one thing I'll I, go back and play the original again sometime. Yeah, I just have to mention um, that podcast I was listening to. In case any of you are listening, and want to go listen to it, I should absolutely shout it out. It's one of my it's my favorite podcasting group on the internet it's called kind of funny and it was the kind of funny games cast and i think it, they called it the kingdom hearts episode so you can find it there and They're i must listen to it just to get the summary of it's, the story because it's I, absolutely I worth it it's uh uh oh my god and andrea renee that's her name mm -hmm. uh she's she's a pretty prominent host and she's worked for a lot of companies um in the video game industry but she's the one who does the summary and she's like She's like, well, actually, <laughs> it's funny because they say like uh, she's like a Kingdom Hearts historian and she actually wrote a book about Kingdom Hearts. So they're yeah. like, she wrote the book on Kingdom Hearts. So <laughs> literally wrote the book. Literally wrote Hearts. the book. So like her her summary is probably as good as you could get from anyone. So yeah. it's fantastic. So if, if you've never played Kingdom Hearts before, you saw that trailer, you want to jump into it and you want the story from before all the way through, including all the weird offshoot games, go listen to that games cast. It totally, totally gives you a good summary. That's awesome. I'm, I'm also going to give my own uh, shout out right now because it just occurred to me that I'm giving a shout out to Norm because the only reason I actually played this game was because I was always a hardcore Nintendo guy. I, did, I owned a Genesis back in the day, but only had Nintendo systems up to a point. And uh, I was working for Nintendo at the time. And, uh, and I think the Nintendo team was wanted to broaden my horizons, the fact that I had only played Nintendo systems and... I never touched anything in the PlayStation. So for my wedding, um, Norm and other members of the Nintendo team bought me a PlayStation 2 as a wedding gift. Oh, okay. So that's cool. That's <laughs> how I got my PlayStation 2, and that's how I was able to play Kingdom Hearts. What so, was the first game? The first game that I got on the PlayStation 2? Oh, you know. Um, Did they get you a game with it, or was it <laughs> I don't. Awesome? I don't think so. Norm, but, do you remember? <laughs> uh, I was don't it not? Yeah. I don't think there's any game with it, but uh, I'm trying to remember even what my first PlayStation 2 game was. It could have been Grand Theft Auto. I think it was Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. I think, yeah. A lot of people bought a PS2 for Grand Theft Auto, so yeah. that would that would make sense. I I bought a PS2 for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. So, there you go. Did you? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, you, uh, yeah, you didn't really mention much on it, but you played through it? Like, I, di I didn't make it all the way through. I think the gummy ships was oh. just so good. I didn't <laughs> need to play anymore. Uh, no, I... I played isn't through. Isn't that one at, isn't that the level everybody hates? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, it that is, that was right? a joke. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say something. You got to talk about I, But I don't want to interrupt you. Like, keep going. No, I, I mean, I, like, like Aaron said, the, uh, it, it's, it had a really cohesive style. It did justice to the properties it, it brought together. Um, I just, I didn't find the action engaging. So I didn't, I wasn't able to, to make it through the game. But uh, yeah. like we we watched that intro so many times, my sister and I 
Yeah. Loved it, right? Well, the combat in that game isn't overly complex. I mean, it, it almost comes down to just button mashing, and you, like, jump between enemies, you push the button, and you swing your keyblade, and guys explode into green balls. But the thing is, I, I didn't really find the combat action to be super engaging, but you stick around for the combo moves and the weird summons and stuff like that, where it's like you'll summon the genie from Aladdin, and he'll come out, and he'll, like, do some big, like, super move, or you'll summon... Simba from the Lion King down from the sky, that kind of stuff. So there was <laughs> that's funny to think uh, of summoning the, those the characters. references and the summons were were where I kind of stayed for. Yeah, and the music music really good. Like oh, I said, God, that yeah. uh, that intro scene. I think my sister, who's not really a big my old my the older of my two sisters, is not really big into games, but she really liked Kingdom Hearts. Um, just because we you know we have that history with Disney and stuff, and then. Um, I remember the uh, the Aladdin world was was really awesome to play through. They mm-hmm. did a really good job with that one for sure. So, yeah, yeah. Also, quality uh, game because Norm brought it up. I want to mention the gummy ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a bit in the game where you they put in this side game almost where you collect parts and you can collect and like get parts to build a spaceship. And then you, when you travel between worlds, you have to travel on the gummy ship and you can like add weapons and sections to it. And it's almost like a Star Foxian kind of, you know, that's kind of what they're referencing where you fly, you're behind the view of the ship as you fly and you shoot enemies. But it was garbage. It was like the <laughs> building was no fun. Yeah. The collecting was no fun. The flying was no fun. And one thing I discovered is that um, we had like just a couple of like free weights, just little free handheld like mm-hmm. weights for exercising. And if I could just the button down, yeah. If I put put the controller on the floor (laughs) and just put the laid a weight down on the X button and then left, yeah, I could pass all of the gummy ship sections that way. I never played a single gummy ship section because I let that weight do all the work for me. There you go. You hacked the game. Yeah. (laughs) Wish I'd known that. (laughs) I wish I'd maybe he would have maybe you would have beat it. There was no challenge or strategy to the gummy ship stuff. You didn't have to do anything. If you held down the fire button, you would win. Mm. So (laughs) there you have it. Norm's just looking off. I just remember them being really long. Oh, they are long. But that's the thing is you could put a weight on there and go make a sandwich and come back and you'd be in uh, Hollow Bastion. That's probably actually the way they intended it to be played. (laughs) Just take that button down. Uh, Anyway, so yeah. So that's it for Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Now it's on to my pick. And uh, like I mentioned last week, not the biggest RPG fan, but do like uh, a smattering of action RPGs here and there. And the game that got me started with action RPGs, it actually ties into a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, but it's Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. And I just picked the normal battle theme from this game because it's the you hear it constantly, but it's a great little tune. Uh, it was developed by Alpha Dream and published by Nintendo in 2003. And the music was by Yoshihiko Mikawa. Uh, so this is the first game in the Mario and Luigi series. Um, it's very obviously and very similar to inspired by, uh, Super Mario RPG and Paper Mario, which preceded it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just going to say that I would actually argue like, I, even though you called it an action RPG, I would almost call Superstar Saga, Saga more in the traditional RPG sort of thing. Cause it, it did have timed button presses for attacks, yeah. but that's not uncommon for uh traditional RPG. And this was the sort of like. Standard inventory management, hit points. Yep. You know, you stop the action for a battle, but then everything's like timed button presses to actually do your actions or to dodge things. So this is like, I would say this is full on traditional, traditional RPG. RPG. So All good right. for you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that, and that, I was just going to say that it was the action within the turn-based combat that 
people called it an action RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that, um, I think I have this written down, but also that like throughout the world. So uh, if you've never played one, uh, Mario and Luigi walk like uh, one after another and you can swap places, but uh, they each have different um, powers based on the powers you get throughout the game. So there's certain parts of levels where uh, it's kind of uh, um, Metroidvania ish where like you can only get to certain areas after you get certain power. So like Luigi will be behind Mario. And once you get the hammer power, you like squish Mario down to like a pancake and then he can like get under stuff or uh, you get a drill power and Luigi will like drill underground and then Mario will stand on top of him and then he'll pop up and he'll throw, Mar- throw Mario into the air and stuff like that. So um, that was the other action component of the action RPG. But uh, so just to really quickly uh, go over the story. So um, this game takes uh, mo- takes place mostly in the Bean Bean Kingdom, not in the Mushroom Kingdom, uh, which is the Bean Bean Kingdom is supposed to be adjacent to the Mushroom Kingdom, apparently. <laughs> beans um, and mushrooms. Beans, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think I wrote Whatever down the other Kitty Corner to the about. Walnut yeah. Kingdom. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, so uh, the bad the bad guy in this one is uh, Cacoletta and her assistant Fawful. Oh, man, Fawful is great. Yeah, Fawful is yeah. a great character. Uh, really just goofy and silly, but um, they uh, arrive to steal Princess... So they disguise themselves as uh, ambassadors from the Bean Bean Kingdom and uh, show up at Princess Peach's castle and steal her voice and replace her voice with explosives, which (laughs) don't ask me how, but yeah, magically every time she talks a bunch of bombs, like a bunch of like just random symbols show up and then fall to the ground and explode. Um, the other cool thing about this game is that, uh, Bowser ends up teaming up with Mario and Luigi because he arrives to capture uh, Princess Peach as he often does, but then realizes that she's too dangerous to bring aboard his airship because her voice is explosives. So, yeah, I just want to say, you know, shout out to the writers of this game because absolutely fantastic is is such a well-written game and it is, it is funny, like legitimately funny and fun. And also for like, just the the shit they give Luigi. Like I gotta say, <laughs> yeah. like Luigi is so made fun of. And yeah, well, he's upon. totally he's like comic relief number one. Yeah, in this. and he's totally um, the the fact that he's like a scaredy cat is just played up constantly yeah. in this game. He's constantly like tugging on Mario's shirt, and he like doesn't want to go along. In the opening cutscene. Um, Mario like rushes out of his house, like out of the shower. So he's like half naked and like Luigi's like hanging up his clothes on the line. And so he just like, there's just, you know, the big cloud of dust and like uh, Mario ends up running off with like half his clothes on and Luigi's just tangled in the line with Mario's clothes and like gets dragged behind him and stuff like that. So like Luigi is the reluctant hero. He doesn't want to be there, but yeah, absolutely. So, um, this, uh, game, the composer of this game, uh, Yoshihiko, uh, has composed on a lot of different stuff and worked for Square. So, uh, but has composed on Street Fighter, Final Fantasy, Legend of Mana, but is no, most well known for Kingdom Hearts. Oh, there you actually. go. Actually, so Hooray. yeah, there you go. Uh, her Twitter feed right now is just all Kingdom Hearts because I guess right now they're doing a, uh, we should have brought this up a minute ago, but they're doing a big Kingdom Hearts live series right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's very, very involved with that. So they, uh, I, I jumped onto her Twitter feed and, translated what I could, but it seems that like she's going on a bunch of radio tours all around Japan talking about this big live series that they're doing. And um, they're putting up this big soundtrack. And one of the coolest things uh, was 
there's this little music box, this Kingdom Hearts like handmade music box with, and it's one of those ones where you feed the paper through mm-hmm. to play the tune. And uh, I was like, oh man, I wonder if I could get my hands on one of those. But it's like super limited. It's like yeah. it was like a hundred of them were made or something like that. But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. <laughs> but yeah, so Kingdom Hearts was the other big thing she worked on. Um, so for this song, one of the things we've talked about before. So this was a GBA game. Uh, we talked about in one of our first uh, episodes the GBA not great sound. Uh, one of the yes. few times Nintendo kind of ignored sound um, or, or didn't give it the weight it deserved. Um, didn't even have a headphone well, jack on the Game Boy well, Advance SP. The, uh, yeah, I mean, the original Game Boy Advance had a headphone jack. Yeah, and but like the, you said, the SP only had an adapter. Yeah, but exactly. Even with the headphones in, the music was not crisp. It was not yeah, clean. No, it, so, was, it, was, it was just the sound chip was, was weak. Yeah, so... Yeah. Luckily for this, though, um, we're going to listen to the original for a bit. But uh, in the last game that was released in the Mario Luigi series, which was Mario Luigi Paper Jam Bros, which they mashed up uh, um, Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi, uh, they actually did a remake of this theme right at the beginning of the game. Um, There's a part where, like, before you encounter Paper Mario, uh, Mario and Luigi just get into a battle, and they just reuse the theme from Superstar Saga. So we were going to listen to that. So uh, let's have a listen to the, it's called Normal Battle from (laughs) (laughs) Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Like uh, like we were like Aaron was mentioning before, this game is absolutely uh, packed with humor. It's it's like the signature thing about this game was it seemed like I don't know early on in development they decided like this is going to be a comedic game. This is going to be a funny game. Um, I think I've talked about it before, but one of my favorite favorite thing about this game is Mario and Luigi sound like they're speaking Italian, but it's pure gibberish. Oh, yeah. And it's just them <laughs> making, like, Italian sounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, <laughs> and it's, like, it's so funny. It's and like baby talk Italian. Yeah, I love like it. That, it's yeah. hilarious. And it was actually, uh, I read that it was actually Charles Martinet did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, they even got, they got the real guy, but they made him just speak gibberish, which I found <laughs> was awesome. Um, one of the earliest, thing in, earliest things that happens in the game is you have to uh, 
when you're going from the mushroom kingdom to the bean bean kingdom, uh, you need like a passport. They like stop you and they're like, you need a passport. And they're like, you, you gotta take a passport photo. And so if you just don't do anything, it just takes like a normal passport photo. But if you press any direction on the D pad, like they'll do like a crazy weird pose and that's your passport for the whole game. And every time you, um, complete a battle, you, uh, it shows your passport and it'll show like that goofy yeah, I remember photo. That, like I uh, got Luigi's scared face or something. Like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You get a scared face or like the eyes are all out of proportion yeah. or whatever. It's pretty awesome. Uh, there's a character called Prince Peasley in the game and he's like the prince of the bean bean kingdom and he uh, flips his hair all the time and it does this like fabulous like flash on the screen every time he flips his hair. It's great. <laughs> um, there's tons of like tongue in cheek references to past games. So if you're a Mario fan and have played a bunch of the Mario games, uh, They'll make little references to, you know, Super Mario World, Super Mario, the original Super Bros and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, And uh, actually, one of the things I read about this game was Nintendo held a contest right before this game came out and they gave away four copies of the game to uh, four people who wrote in with the best knock knock jokes. And they had Kathy Griffin judge (laughs) the, uh, the, the competition, which is very funny. Um, in and of itself. But the best thing about this game is that a remake is coming out this year on the 3DS in October. Um, and it's uh, the full original game, and but it's all uh, the visuals are all redone. It looks fantastic. Oh, the audio is redone and it sounds fantastic. That, that sounds great. Yeah. And also they added on uh, an additional story uh, which uh, follows along uh, the captain of the Bowser's Goomba team and all the stuff he's doing like an, on the a, side. Yeah. yeah so it's side like story, on the yeah. same timeline, but like it's a side story. So that's, that's cool. I got to play that because I loved Superstar Saga. Yeah. I'm totally going to pick this up. Uh, you said that they're improving, improving the visuals, but the, the pixel graphics, like they on, looked on the great original, at the time. they were great. Yeah. Like, but it, and it, it's, it's one of those, it's, one of the best types of remakes where it's the way you remember it. And we've uh, talked about this before where it's like, you remember it, that it looks so great. And then you go back and it's a little rough, but this is like, they just took it and just like sharpened it up, brightened it up and made it widescreen. And there it is. And yeah. it looks so good. I'm yeah. really pumped for it. I'm excited to play that again because yeah. I also, I, uh, one of the first games I bought on the DS was Mario and Luigi partners in time, which is a sequel yes. to superstar. Saga. Yeah, I have that one too. And I couldn't get into it. I played it. For, oh, you didn't like I it? I played it for a while and I just, it never grabbed me the way superstar saga did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a little rougher. Uh, Bowser's Inside Story, which was the one that came after that. Um, it was the 3DS one. 3D. No, that's a was DS it, was one. Was it a as DS well. one? Oh, yeah. I thought it was a 3DS one. Yeah, it's a DS it's one. It's on my list, but I never got around to getting it. Yeah, uh, I played that one, and that one was a little better. That one actually uh, picked it picked it back up. So that one, that's one of the few exceptions where we talk about, you know, the second game is always the best. This one, the third game was actually a little better than the second. Uh, but yeah, so that's it for Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Um, if you have not played it and you have a 3DS or the fancy new 2DS clamshell, I absolutely recommend picking this game up in October. It is it is so fun and funny to play, and and if even if you're like me, you're not a huge RPG fan, this is this is one to play because okay. the the humor will keep you keep you going throughout the game. And it's funny what you say about the the Mario franchise. Any of those story driven Mario games, Paper Mario, Super Mario RPG, the Superstar Saga games, yeah, they're all consistently genuinely funny yeah like they do it well and i'm so, i'm so glad they've been able to pull that off because it it would have been so easy to just make it really lame humor but yeah. it's clever stuff and yeah. these are the best versions i'd say these are like these should be the de facto versions of the characters mario and luigi and that kind of thing like, <laughs> oh, yeah. these, Comedy these, these are the characters that have the most personality and they're the yeah. versions that i i think like 
these are the these are this is what you should have in mind when you're picturing these characters. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really, I mean, I can't really imagine a serious drama with Mario and Luigi. It just no, it wouldn't work. No, so you shouldn't give Mario like the, a gun, do like a shadow of the hedgehog <laughs> yeah. kind of. Yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, please well, don't. <laughs> don't put them in a world where the people look more like normal people. Uh oh, they did that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't buy as long switch. as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't make out with any of them, then yeah, I'm okay. No. Yeah. He just takes them over or takes over their vehicles, apparently. But anyway, yeah, Odyssey's coming up. But uh, yeah, so that's it uh, for our picks this month. So now it's my turn to talk about what I've been playing. And luckily, I have something that I was playing just last night. Uh, just started firing it up, and it is called Ollie Ollie 2 Welcome to Hollywood. Uh, so what this game is, is it's essentially like a, um, uh, I believe it's called, is it a line runner? Where it's like endless runner, endless runner. So it's not quite that, but it's similar to it. But it's uh, if you didn't figure it out from the name, it's a skateboarding game. So uh, what it is is you basically are there's these short little tracks, and you're you have like so many objectives per track, and you're just taking your guy and getting him from start to finish, trying to land the tricks as as good as possible and do as many tricks as possible. And then you're like, it's like do two kick flips or do two nollies or, and then grinding along the way. So it's not, it's not oh, sorry. I said endless runner. I'm not knowing what it was, but it's not an endless runner. Those no, are the no, ones no. that basically you, it never ends. You're trying to get a certain distance. Yeah, no, no, no. This is more like a high score, high score. Kind of, game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's one of those games where, um, like the reset button, uh, super meat boy, it yes. would be a good analogy to it. If so you screw up. You can start right. Away. You can. Yeah. And so you're constantly restarting. Cause like every time you mess up, you're just like, Nope, restart. Cause like each level like played perfectly is like, I don't know, 60 seconds or whatever. So, um, they might get longer. I just got a little bit into it, but, um, basically I just had an urge to play a skateboarding game again and I haven't played anything since I think skate two or did they do a skate three? I don't know. This I is like, remember, but like mini the Tony skate Hawk games. One, yeah. Um, but this is, yeah, this is, you know, a simpler version of it, but gives you that feeling of like, get that high score and, you know, like land those tricks perfectly and just trying to get those incremental things to get better and better and better. So this is a, this is a game night game that I wanted to, that I wanted to bring the next time we have a game night. So it's one that I wanted to uh, test out. And now I'm going to add it to the giveaway list. So if you have the urge to play a uh, any sort of skating game, again, maybe you uh, watched... Uh, actually, where this came from, this is really obscure, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Uh, video game donkey. Everyone who's... Uh, <laughs> anyone who's listening to this probably knows about donkey. If you don't, uh, do yourself a favor, go on YouTube and look up video game donkey. Uh, this guy just makes these hilarious, hilarious video game... I guess tech, some of them are reviews. Some of them are They're just like really funny videos. It's mostly like sometimes it's like he's playing the worst games to make fun of them. Sometimes yeah. he's legitimately playing games that he loves. Yeah. So, and then yeah. sometimes he's doing like yearly caps and stuff like that. But he's just a funny guy and makes really good videos. And <laughs> actually where it started was and his at the very beginning of his Breath of the Wild um, uh, <laughs> video, he jumps on a he jumps on a skateboard or he jumps on a shield and like grinds, or like rides it down a hill. And like, he plays that like classic Tony Hawk music. And he's like, I'm playing Tony Hawk Zelda or whatever. And yeah. he jumps on the board, uh, jumps on it and like instantly dies or whatever. But that like, just like triggered something in my brain. And it was like, you should play a skateboarding game again. So <laughs> yeah. So there's your, thanks donkey. There's your obscure reference for this episode. But yeah, donkey, if you don't know him, go, uh, go figure it out. Knack but yeah, if two, you want to knock two, yeah. <laughs> So if you want to win uh, Chrono Trigger on uh, mobile or on the eShop or uh, Ollie Ollie 2 on uh, 
on I know it's on Steam. It's also on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. There's a there's a console we haven't featured a game for before. So are we talking about NAC 2? No, Ollie Ollie 2. So if you want to win Ollie Ollie 2 or Chrono Trigger, uh to enter the contest, all you do is hop onto Twitter or Facebook and interact with us in any way, shape, or form. Uh, tell us something we missed. Tell us, uh, give us some suggestions for the next episodes. Let me know what the hell's going on with Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give us a, <laughs> give us a, <laughs> give us your best character. 140 character summary of all of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Whoever gives me the best one of that, that's that's an instant win for sure. Uh, or uh, very preferably, you could hop onto. Uh, iTunes and leave us a review. I think I mentioned in the uh, last month that that was worth a million points uh, <laughs> if you leave us an iTunes review because instant it, winner. Yeah, exactly. It helps um, raise our rankings uh, in the iTunes podcast list and therefore gets us more listeners, which is something we're trying to do. So that means a lot to us. If you can uh, give us a review or share it with your friends, uh, that'd be great. Uh, you can always interact with us on Twitter at VGM Generations. So that's it for part two of RPG month and we will catch you guys on the next one.